0: Well, it's a brand new week here on Tri Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you for joining us once again and another busy, busy show. Won't keep you too long uh, on the intro, but just to let you know what is coming up this week, I caught up with uh, Mike Sharman, who uh, is a mate of mine. And Mike has uh, a very interesting journey, not a triathlete by any stretch of the imagination has decided January is 70.3. So Mike has set the goal, started training, and I caught up with him from a sort of novice perspective, what he's sort of looking forward to, what he's struggling with. Very, very interesting interview. Also uh, touched base with Paul K once again. He's still out on the European circuit blazing a trail uh, across Europe. And it's, it's quite an interesting little interview because it's in two parts. I chatted to him towards the end of last week ahead of the 70.3 European Championships. And then I spoke to him this week uh, after... He's 70.3 world, uh, not world champs, European champs, uh, because there was a bit of a South African connection in there. So that interview is in two parts from two different countries. Uh, first, chatted to him in Germany, then, chatted to him in Austria. Uh, also, just amazing to hear what's happening in Europe from a South African perspective. And then a few weeks ago on the social networks. I asked the question, who is the best swimming coach in the country? And I got tons of answers. And one that came up really often was Natalie Tissink. And I've got her on the show this week. So if swimming is your bogey, you need to listen to this episode of Try Talk SA. Natalie talks you through how to get over that psychological barrier, what you need to do in the pool to get better. Uh, It's a really, really cool interview. That's coming up on this week's show. Another chance for you to win. We've got two entries into the Midlands Ultra uh, Triathlon to give away that race coming up in the last weekend of November. Two entries. And you can win it here on Tri Talk SA. I'll ask you a question at the end of the show. All you have to do is head over to our website, answer it, and you could get in the draw. Uh, but let's get straight into the show. First interview of the week is with Mike Sharman. One thing I love about the sport of triathlon is it just attracts. Tons of people from different sort of walks of life. Uh, yeah, there's some serious athletes, but the vast majority of us are, are sort of weekend warriors. We work full time for a living, but we just love getting out, sort of out on the road and out in the water and, and just doing our thing. And I wanted to touch base with a guy who I've known for a while now, who's not really that athletic, but has set the goal to go and do the Ironman 70.3 in Buffalo City next year. Mike Sharman, entrepreneur, owner of Retroviral. And, uh, you said it a little bit earlier to me, you're, you're a fat lead trying to become an athlete. Welcome on to Tritalk USA. Uh,
1: a... <laughs> How's it, Brad? Yeah, Thanks for having me. That, I think that's a, that's a perfect description. Uh, I've let the, the corporate calories and carbs set on in. I'm about to turn 30 in September. and I just thought it was a, a really good challenge for me to turn my body into a multidisciplinary machine.
0: Yeah, I mean, seventy point three is a is is such a lack of goal because it it seems so big, but you'll see once you've done it, it's like anyone can do it. It's it's one of those things. What sort of brought this on? You say you're turning thirty, and is it is it a midlife crisis? Or I know you recently married as well, and you know what? Now's the time to let yourself go, Mike. It's it's <laughs> you shouldn't be sort of turning things around. You should be letting yourself go, but you've decided not to
1: yeah I mean the worst thing is when you look at pictures on Facebook and you see how you've started getting some some love handles and your body isn't that once cut machine that it was in before you were twenty eight and uh yeah I just feel like seventy point three is a really good goal as you mentioned to try and say, listen, there's a reason to cycle, there's a reason to run, and there's a is a reason to swim, and I think each of those disciplines uh, aids in helping your body get it back into the shape that you that you once longed for.
0: Why triathlon? I mean, there's lots of other things you could do. You could go and cycle in August. You could go and run a marathon. But why triathlon?
1: Um, I just find that the the community is really supportive, and I've really had a good journey in the last few months. Um, I have quite a few mates that are into triathlon, especially into the the longer formats such as seventy point three and full Ironman. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've met the guys from Complete Cyclist too. I believe you've had on your one of your shows already, uh, Mike Ewan, and they've just been such a cool. Group of people like they're based in Cape Town and Joburg. And I was always intimidated by the cycling part of triathlon because I mean, the last time I rode a bike was pretty much one of those black plastic things when I was a kid. And other than that, I've never really got my bum on a bike and I just. I feel like the community is so passionate about cycling as a discipline that I just wanted to see what all the fuss was about. And uh, you have such beautiful races around South Africa, like 94.7 and Argus. And I think by getting into something such as triathlon, you really have the ability to find races and events um, all throughout the year that you can participate in. So I think once you've got into the triathlon or, or longer formats of the sport, you have the ability to just plug into various other things like there's the Mars of the world, there's you know, the Argus and, and 94.7s, there's some beautiful runs in Nysna and Cape Town all over the country and I think that if you are holistically fit with each of these disciplines, you, you're just giving yourself access to more, of a, more, more sporting codes.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And then Mike, you, you've just got set up on the bike so I mean you said that was the most intimidating, but have you been out on it yet?
1: yeah i've done my first ride in the cradle. I went and did a little thirty k and yeah at first I was incredibly afraid i mean i'm I've got quite a, a large frame i'm six foot three and I'm weighing in about a hundred and ten now need to lose a bit of that first uh, before I participate in some awesomeness but I mean the fact is that being such a big guy and such a small piece of carbon fiber you you worry for your safety a little bit when you're hitting those downhills. but I think that um you know it just felt like such a great experience having the wind in your face like a supportive bunch of strangers out in the cradle the roads are wider so you feel a lot safer it seems like because there's such a huge amount of, of people there that the cars are naturally more wary of your presence on the road and yeah it just it feels like a really cool space really cool setup um i had a, a momentarily um, a gear change problem that when i stopped on the road like people were there to help me and yeah i mean i'm a super novice when it comes to the cycling side of things and it just feels like you know, people make jokes and call the cyclists prawns when they wear their helmets and <laughs> cleats into the Vita on a weekend. But I think, you know, for the most part, the guys are really helpful. And it's almost like they want to compare war stories to encourage new people to the sport. And when you're there, like you really feel like you, you're you part of the team.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And and talking of cleats, have, are you in cleats yet or are you still doing the, the, the tackies on the bike?
1: No, I'm still rocking the tackies for the next few weeks, just uh, getting the focus on, on keeping my, on keeping <laughs> keeping my on. handlebars straight <laughs> and my gear changes up to speed. And then, yeah, in the next probably month or so, I'll probably upgrade to the cleats and even look more the part. At oh, the moment, yeah. I'm about 90% looking the part.
0: You know what? It's one of those things that you, you often feel like you don't look the part, but most people are, are weekend warriors and are, are battling their way around. So, you know, don't even stress about that side of things. And with regards to the running and the swimming, how's that going? Uh, pretty slowly. I mean, the first time I ran a ten
1: k was uh, in Run Josie last year November, and I mean that was quite taxing. It was quite a hot day, and it was a it was a difficult race. But I think that once I completed that, like I've done a few more ten k's competitively. Um, I did a slow mag one, and I did one of the night races in Modern 15 with Energizer. And I think it's like with those instances. The more you do it, the easier you get, well, the better you get at like breathing and all of the basics that help you pace yourself and help you have a better run. Uh, other than that, just, you know, a couple mornings a week go for a six to 10K run and get the body a bit more used to it. Um, and then on the swimming front, slowly but surely, but, you know, out of the three disciplines, swimming's always been my favorite or strongest one. So, uh, yeah, I think... Taking up those side of things will be a little bit easier, but yeah, I think uh, I'm excited to to use this opportunity to get back into shape properly and and feel a little bit healthier, so I don't start puffing and panting after the first or second flights of stairs that I go up for meetings.
0: Yeah, you you sound a lot like me when I when I got into the sport as well. The swimming swimming, but three really didn't scare me. I knew that I could get through it, but it was the other two that were really really intimidating. Mike, you're you're an entrepreneur. You've got a, a pretty biz, a pretty pretty successful business. You're really busy that's probably one of the things that that guys and girls who are just getting into the sport really battle with is the the balancing act because, I mean, you're not just taking on one sport, essentially. You're taking on three sports, plus you still need to work full-time. How are you coping with that side of things?
1: Um, I think that the biggest challenge at the moment is still the early mornings with it being so dark. Um, I think it'll obviously get better as we head towards spring with the opportunity to wake up and it being light. Um, But I think... I've spoken to numerous people about this. Got some guys that are they have their own businesses, or they are people that are part of the corporate world, for example. And I think just humans in general, we all make excuses. So, I mean, most of my days start at about 7.30 and last till about 7 at night. But, I mean, there's no reason why I can't do an hour, hour and a half in the morning and then even do another hour in the, in the afternoon, evening. And I think it is about being disciplined. Um, in the last few weeks, I've also become a lot stricter in terms of my diet and just eating healthier. You know, not necessarily focusing on not eating carbs or going paleo or any of these fancy diets that people can resort to it's more just about being responsible about what i'm eating and not just grabbing rubbish from a quick shop and smashing it in my face
0: yeah it's just being, being mindful uh, is probably the the key to it and then as far as training and that goes have you got somebody helping you or are you winging this on your own uh, no, I actually have a pretty good support base. Um,
1: a, a friend and business partner of mine, he's done quite a few half irons in his time, and yeah, so he's kind of my my lead trainer. And then on the on the biking front, I have a few weekend warriors that I've been hitting the roads with um, before we go all seriously on the on the racing and competitive side of things. And then obviously like the complete cyclist guys have been incredible helping me get set up and making sure that my bike is all set up with the right sizings. And I think the bike component that was the intimidating stuff because I didn't know like what the, the, the the best kind of kit was to wear, what should I be wearing, how should the the bike be sized, you know, all those kinds of things and I think that it's one place that I've really been able to go there, just have a coffee with the guys and, you know, they don't treat me like an idiot because I don't know what I'm doing, but they're more like, hey, listen, we cater for a various uh, range of people from novices to experts and they obviously have their own cycling teams that are professionals on their side so the guys have been great in helping steer me along and making sure that I have everything I need to feel comfortable and ready
0: to roll well if it makes you feel any better I've been doing this for a few years and it was in in the last triathlon season I can't even remember what race it was but I've got a mate who came to watch and took a photo of me in one of the transitions and I put my helmet on backwards Oh, nice. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't get better. You you always feel like you're not quite sure what you're doing. So uh, at least maybe that's just me. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Mike, it's been awesome catching up. Before we let you go, uh, I'm going to let you have a bit of a shameless punt. What is it that you do? And if folks want to get a hold of you, how can they? Um, I'm Mike Sharman.
1: And... That's my name on the Twitters as well. So that's at Mike Sharman and Sharman is S-H-A-R-M-A-N. And yeah, I'm the owner of Retroviral Digital Communications, which is retroviral.coza if everyone's looking to check us out and see what we do. And yeah, what we essentially do is we create online word of mouth spread for brands, shoot video content for brands and get influencers talking about the awesomeness of said brands.
0: Yeah, and and you guys do a great job at that too. So I can definitely recommend uh, what you guys do. Mike, it's been flipping brilliant catching up again. Hopefully we can do it again before 70.3 and uh, just before the race, maybe in East London have a chat to see how the nerves are doing. And then we'll chat post because you can't just have a goal till January. You're going to have to set it further than that. But we'll talk about that in January.
1: That'll be awesome. Thank you for having me.
0: up with him uh, a few weeks ago here on Talk SA, burning up the European circuit, working like an absolute machine. Paul K, welcome back onto the show. It's good to have you with us.
2: Good to be back, Brad. I fortunately had a little bit of a break, uh, a three-week break, just with regular trips to Munich for the Ironman TV program. Uh, just after the Ironman 70.3 Norway, which was again a massive success, uh, and then until the... 5150 European Championship and the Ironman Switzerland managed to have a bit of a break, ride my bike, swim and bry a lot. <laughs> we were staying at uh, in Klagenfurt on the there with the Ironman Austria's with uh, friends of ours, and they've got this tiny cottage on their property and this huge sort of they call it a barbecue outside. My goodness, what a pleasure to stand shirtless, beer in hand, and tan some meat every evening.
0: Oh, it sounds amazing, Paul. It sounds amazing. <laughs> What's been happening on the on the European circuit?
2: Look, um, it, it's kicked into full swing again for the second half. Uh, the athletes are scurrying all around the world for those last points to qualify for the Ironman World Championship Kona Hawaii. Um, news out just yesterday is that Marina von Honecker has decided to pull the pin and rather recover his uh, fractured pelvis properly, sort of a stress fracture in his pelvis. So he won't be racing Kona this year, which is a huge disappointment because he really keeps the racing exciting. Mm. And then uh, this weekend, it's, it's really big because this weekend is the Ironman 70.3 European Championship in Wiesbaden, Germany. And if you look at that pro list, oh my goodness, um, outside of world champs, you'll never see a pro list like that. But a little bit of bad news last night in terms of the racing, uh, quite a few people have pulled out. Uh, one of the biggest names to pull out is uh, Michael Raylett Re- Mich- 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 due to injury. Um, he's the defending champion, and we were looking forward to a big battle between him and Sebastian Kienle. Um And the man has really been lighting up the 70.3 circuit this year so far with unbelievable run times. Um, I think he ran a 2.37 at Ironman Nieces, Bart Aronutz, who's uh, raced in South Africa. I think he won 70.3 SA this year. So it's a pity he's not racing. Uh, the ladies' defending champion, Anya Baranek, also not racing. But that aside... Oh, my goodness, being not an Olympic year and being the year after the Olympics, you should see the names of the ITU athletes who are lining up to race. And uh, as Brett Sutton calls it, he says that a 70.3 is basically an ITU race with a long bike, so or for people who can bike. So looking forward to an amazing race weekend in Wiesbaden. But uh, this past weekend in the UK, A superb, sold-out race. Uh, The UK was traditional in its weather in that we had four seasons in one day, um, from pouring rain to freezing temperatures to sunshine and heat and a fantastic atmosphere. Quite a few South Africans racing in the race, uh, most of whom are based in the UK uh, and came to race the Ironman UK in Bolton. And one of the South Africans, a guy who races in the colours of Blackline London, Nico van qualifying to race the Ironman World Championship in Kona, Hawaii. And that was a, a great moment for me as a South African, doing the roll-down, uh, being able to call it out to him in Afrikaans, <laughs> and seeing him get all, all, all teary-eyed as he came on stage. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then in Switzerland, we had a couple of South Africans racing there, and uh, PE girl uh, Michelle Anselin, despite crashing on the bike um, and losing 8 to 10 minutes, she still hung tough and uh, managed to finish the marathon and finished third in an age group. So the South Africans are pretty much, you know, everywhere. I mean, everywhere you go, there are are South Africans racing, and and it's a pleasure to support them. I don't know if you've been looking at the results, you know, uh, across the pond at the 70.3 boulder. Jeannie Seymour finishing fifth in the ladies there, and the evergreen Colleen Derrourke winning the ladies 45-49 with the fastest half-marathon split of all the ladies on the wow. day, running a 121.48. So, you know, the South Africans, they really have a wonderful grip on endurance sport and are starting to make a great name for themselves internationally. You know, in Exterior Mexico, for the Exterior Mexico championship there, Dan Hugo, who's still trying to struggling to find his best form. You know, he came second. So you've got to love that. And and, and not to it, you, you spoke to James Kanema recently. Mm. I mean, what a great race he had in... Um, In uh, Rott, uh, and and he even admitted that he kind of like let Dirk Bockel get away too much on the bike, because uh, once once you get going on the bike Rott, and because of the huge field uh, and and the wave starts, you kind of like get stuck in the traffic when you go up that famous climb of theirs, uh, and and it's the guy in front just runs away with it. But James still taking his second place. Unfortunately at Alpe d'Huez triathlon, James crashing off his bike, so a lot of road rash on him. But both him and Jody Swallow, who came second at the Ironman European Champs in Frankfurt, are qualified to race the Ironman World Champion Kona Wise. So it's going to be awesome to watch them there.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And, and yeah, Conrad Stoltz also doing amazing things on the on the exterior circuit too.
2: Yeah, and Conrad winning the ITU Cross Triathlon mm. Champs again. You know, and this man is—he's eight no youngster. He's racing kids almost half his age. And and I don't know what it is about the caveman, but he just just gets stronger, you know. He, he's not getting faster. He's very wily, very cunning. He, he he's got a, de- a a double turbocharged diesel engine, uh, and he's an icon, you know. I mean, you mentioned the name Conrad Stoltz in the states; people know who he is. I mean, I think he's been on the cover of Triathlete magazine four or five times. You know, the man the man is a legend.
0: Yeah, he's he's just an. He's an absolute machine. He's an animal. I mean, he's... Uh, Racing-wise, it's phenomenal what he can do.
2: You look... You know, mountain biking is very, very big in South Africa. Um, and I have no doubt we will see more and more of the strong, young South Africans on the, the cross-circuit and the Xterra circuit really doing well. Bradley Weiss is doing nicely. Stu Marais is doing nicely. And you're going to see more of that coming through. Whereas... Continental Europe and the UK, uh, road biking is still very, very big. You know, it's actually massive because the, the conditions allow it. And hence, the road triathlon scene is so dominated by the Uber bikers uh, on the European circuit.
0: And then, Paul, what's what's next for you on, on the European circuit?
2: Well, as I mentioned, just done 5150 European champs, Ironman Switzerland and the Ironman UK the last weekend. Um, I jump in the car now and drive five hours north, uh, just past um, Frankfurt, to a city where American is the second official language, it's called Wiesbaden, There's a very big US uh, military base there, and Wiesbaden is the home of the Ironman 70.3 European Championship, which I'm really looking forward to. Last year I played sort of like a support role there, just helping with music, and one of the hotspots this year, I'm part of the the A-Team, for lack of a better term. Announcing it. So it's my first championship, real, you know, fully fledged championship, so to speak. So very excited about that. Excited to to call those big names over the line. Um, and then from there, it's uh, to Kalmar, Sweden for the Ironman Sweden, which is another epic event. And straight after Kalmar, Brad, I jump on the plane and I'll be flying back to Joburg, uh, land Friday, Just drive straight to Bella Bella for what is now the African continent's biggest standard distance triathlon, the 5150 Bella Bella, um, and I'll be coming home especially for that race day Saturday, having a bit of fun with everybody on Saturday night, and Sunday heading back to Europe because then it's Tselamzeh, uh and then Wales. Um, so, yeah, very, very busy, loving it, um, and very excited to see that the 70.3 Buffalo City has less than 500 entries. You know, it is the world's biggest uh, 70.3 by participation. So, to the folk out there who are still sitting on the fence about whether they should be entering it or not, don't waste any time. Get in now.
0: Yeah, you know, you'll be pleased to know, Paul, that I have entered. So, I'm going to be down in Buffalo City for the first time in a few years. Looking forward to it. Should be good.
2: Good boy. Yeah. Big Brad. Looking forward to calling you back over the line. Hey, and then you and I were together. Uh, the 5150 African Championship in Germiston right. uh, on the league. 3rd of November, that will be a huge amount of fun. And then another great try you might not have heard of but has become a real institution in South Africa in the, in the Western Cape in the second weekend of November is the Woolworths charity triathlon. It is massive, something like 5,000 people participate. Originally it was only staff, now it is kind of like by invitation. And the primary goal of that, that triathlon is to raise money for charity. And for the very first time in its five years, I think, I will be getting involved. So, you know, looking forward to getting home for 5150 Africa champs for the uh, Woolies charity tri as well.
0: Yeah, Paul T., you get to go to all the glamorous places, man, from Sweden to Bella Bella. You, that's amazing. Hey, I'll tell you something, eh? Warm baths, here I come. The bright lights of Bella Bella. Uh,
2: and they've even got a waterfront brand. I mean, that they call it the waterfront scares me, but amuses me at the same time. So uh, for myself and uh, my DJ, Graham White, it's a, become a bit of a tradition of ours that we go to the waterfront in Bella Bella and drink a cappi and some coke. Uh,
0: Fantastic. Paul Kay (laughs) (laughs) as always, an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your European stint, and we'll, we'll see you back here in Bella Bella. Indeed. Back for Bella Bella
2: and to try talk SA and you, Brad, onwards and upwards. May the best of your past be the worst of your future.
0: Well, this interview's uh, quite interesting to say the least. Uh, it's in two parts, in two different countries. Paul Kay, uh, we chatted to you towards the end of last week. Uh, the interview hasn't gone out yet; it's going out on this episode. But it was before the weekend, and you've had a, a pretty crazy weekend at the Ironman seventy point three European Champs. Tell us, tell us a little bit about it.
3: Well, an amazing weekend in Wiesbaden, which is the capital of Hessen, and you know, did a bit of a preview for you. And and now it's just, I think, appropriate before you go live with uh, Tri Talk SA the new episode, to kind of reflect on the South African connection at the 7.3 European Champs. Eleven South Africans raced. One South African was in the merch store, my wife, and one South African on the microphone, me. But uh, if you remember the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing, when the tall, dark-haired figure of Jan Frodeno crossed the finish line and claimed gold for Germany, South Africa, well, mainly Cape Town, went crazy, too. But Jan Frodeno, I'm not sure if you know, spent quite a bit of his time growing up in South Africa in 1992 to about 2004 and uh, learned to swim in South Africa. His mother thought it would be a good idea that he learned to swim properly because he was crazy about surfing. And as a matter of fact, was a surf lifesaver with the Kifton Knota, as they're affectionately known, at Clifton Surf Lifesaving. And uh, he turned to triathlon and when he was inspired by the Sydney Olympic Games, where, if you remember, Conrad Stoltz was leading off the bike. And that inspired Jan Frodeno to get into triathlon. So he's an Olympic gold medalist, and it was his debut uh, on the Ironman 70.3 distance. He smashed the swim, absolutely smashed it. Uh, pretty much was at the front on the bike almost the whole way, got into T2 first, and for some reason... His transition bag was missing. No. Now, you might not know this. There's a split transition in Wiesbaden. Uh, T1 is at the lake where they Swim, and you go there when you're checking your bikes, and you're checking your blue bike bag and your red run bag. And then the race organizers transport the red run bags to T2, which is in Wiesbaden. And poor Jan Frodeno, he came into T2 first, and no red run bag. And they searched and searched and searched, and they found it almost one minute 40 later. By that time, a pack had uh, sort of disappeared out on the run in front of him. And the man who took advantage of this is the new man from Team TBB, Richie Nichols, who's won his first Ironman 70.3 at the Ironman UK this year with a 112 half marathon on a ridiculously hard course. Uh, In the Ironman 70.3 Hogerson Richie Nichols did a 108, and he did a 108 again yesterday, and so did Jan Fredino and ran himself into second. So Jan Fredino claiming second place yesterday.
0: Paul, that is crazy. So if they hadn't lost or misplaced that run bag, he would have won it. He would have, because at the end of the
3: run, he had clawed back something like 40 seconds, and he was only 40 seconds adrift when he crossed the finish line in second place on debut. Uh, and the tall man, he's built for the slightly longer stuff. And I think we're going to expect some amazing things from him. He was bitterly disappointed, but he's a true champion. So he kind of like sucked it up, swallowed that disappointment. And he's definitely going to come back for more. And we can expect great things from Ian Fredino.
0: Gee, I tell you that, I mean, that's so unlucky. But yeah, what a performance. Gee, and it's, it's cool that there's a bit of a South African connection there too.
3: Without a doubt. So I, I claimed Jan as being half South African <laughs> earlier in the week, <laughs> and and the Ironman Europe Twitter guys tweeted me back and asked me if SA Tourism have got me on a retainer to promote <laughs> South Africa as heavily as I do internationally. It's
0: because we live in such a cool place, Paul. That's, that's the reason why. You know what I'm saying. The world's best country. Exactly. Paul, I'm going to let you go. You, your voice is definitely taking strain after another epic weekend, I'm sure, and, and we'll definitely touch base with you again soon here on Try Talk SA.
3: Yeah, privilege to you know bring you up to speed on what's happening here, especially when it features South Africans. Have a great week, and yeah, this episode will hopefully be the biggest and best ever, and as I always say to you, onwards and
0: upwards. One of the things that really freaks people out, uh, especially new people starting out in this water triathlon, I think is the swim i was was fairly lucky growing up in, in primary school swam and i don 't want to say competitively, but I swam quite a bit, so I was, I was fairly comfortable in the water so that later on when I did get involved in the sport, I just found it a lot easier uh, to swim and get out there in the water, even though the, the first open water swim I ever had was in the middle of a race so but that 's just me and, and I put it out on the social media networks uh, a, a couple of weeks ago with regards to who's the best swimming coach in the country who to chat to with regards to getting better when it comes to swimming and uh, the overwhelming results uh, came back as natalie tissing so really chuffed to have her on Tri talk essay this week welcome on to the show natalie
4: hi brett thank you so much for the opportunity it's it's good to hear that i was um, nominated as one of the the better swimming coaches so that's always good to hear
0: you must be doing something right down there in cape town Hopefully, yes. <laughs> Natalie. Tell me. I mean, I, I'm lucky in the sense, as I said when when I introduced you that I had a, a bit of a swimming background, so it wasn't much of a mental thing for me. But I think for a lot of people getting involved in the sport, it is a very mental thing to get over that barrier of of swimming and and in particular open water swimming in a triathlon. Don't you think?
4: Absolutely. You know, as you say, you had a you had the background, so you were prepared, and you were probably a fairly strong swimmer. But for a new person coming into the sport, you know they may not have swum at school. They may not even know how to swim at all. You know, and swimming will then be the hardest leg, the hardest of the three disciplines for them. Um, and open water, you know, you don't have the clear water, you don't have the black line at the bottom of the pool. So it's extremely intimidating and, you know, it can be quite quite scary for that person. So it's quite a challenge and it's something that they need to address. They need to learn to swim properly and just get their confidence up, you know, and get their strokes and things perfected as much as possible.
0: And it is very much a confidence thing, isn't it? And, and sadly, the only way to... to build that confidence, I guess, is to spend time in the water.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it's completely different um, discipline to running or to cycling. You know, you you obviously need to train for those disciplines as well. But swimming, you know, you're in the middle of the sea. You can't just hold on to the side of the wall. You know, You, you have to be strong enough and prepared to be able to cover the distance. So the best way, just put the mileage in, um, the most important aspect, though, is to get your stroke right. Um, you know, a lot of new swimmers think, you know, just get into the pool, do a couple of lengths, you know, swim up and down, up and down. These strokes may be completely wrong. with the technique out. Um, they need to get to a swimming coach. They need to, get to ensure that their the technique is 100%. Um, you know, as close as possible to that they need to be relaxed in water they need to be comfortable in the water and that's only something that a professional swimming teacher or coach can can teach them and can correct it's not something that you can really learn from reading a book or um, you know, watching other people swim you need someone to tell you what you're doing wrong and tell you how to correct it
0: Yeah, Natalie, I wanted to chat to you on, on a few fronts one of them was obviously the beginner swimmer I wanted to chat Somebody sort of in between, maybe like myself, and then maybe guys who are looking to, to to make the step up to to sort of competitive age group and and maybe even taking it further and, and, and turning pro but let 's stick with it with the the, the beginners to start with. I've got a, and and let me use use an example, I've got a friend who is a brilliant cyclist, to the point that she is, she wins her age category at cycling races, she's fantastic, she's a fairly decent runner as well, so that if she put her mind to triathlon, she could probably, I reckon, get onto the podium at at, at lots of races, but she never had that swimming background, she never, I mean, she can pot around in the water, but she never really learned, and you talk about that technique, what would you say to someone like her, what does she need to do to wrap her head around and get better at Swimming, in order to make that step up to triathlon.
4: Okay. Well, step one, as I said, would be to find a decent swimming coach. Um, You know, book a couple of private lessons so they can analyze the stroke and you know to get him more comfortable and more confident in the water. You know, so many of the new, the, the big triathletes that come to me for swimming lessons, you can see that they are so tense and nervous in the water, and you know, being tense and Tenting your shoulders up, it affects your breathing, it affects the stroke, it affects your body position in the water. So step one is to be relaxed, to be calm, you know. If you're calm and you're relaxed and your breathing is better, your shoulders are relaxed, your stroke is longer. Um, so find a coach, let the coach help you with the technique, help you to relax, help you get the breathing pattern right. You know, a lot of people, they breathe, they try and breathe in and out when they turn their head to the side. So they end up gasping for air and not getting enough air in. Um, all of that is effective. They need to learn from the start how to do the breathing technique correctly, to to relax, to get the body position right. Um, so, yeah, definitely find a coach and get a couple of lessons first. Um, and once you've got your confidence and you've got your stroke right, then you can start improving you, you know, your distance, picking up your distance, picking up your
0: speed. Can I can I tell you a really funny story? You, you talk about getting your breathing right. I love, I love, and I haven't shared it much, but I love telling people this story. I, I went to a primary yeah. school in the Free State. It was a tiny little school in the middle of nowhere, and we didn't have a swimming pool at the school, right? There was no, yes. it, it was pretty sort of virgin active days, so there were no gyms around, but we used to have swimming lessons, And the swimming lessons were, we used to arrive at school with one of those plastic addis, you know, those plastic bowls almost. And that would be where we would learn to breathe. And we would fill it up with water when we used to go for swimming. And we used, I I kid you not, it, it was in the bicycle shed. We used to put our head in that thing, blow bubbles, turn your head and then breathe in and then put your head back down and it sounds like such a funny thing but that's where I learned that you can breathe out underwater that you don't have to breathe out and breathe in while your head's out of the water it's just that's such a, a yeah. fundamental thing but it. I think that's probably helped my swimming more than anything has yeah
4: yeah you know, as you said it's, it's basic basic drills that actually you know you just need to know how to do them and you can correct the stroke you know <laughs> Another big problem is that everybody gets so technical about about learning to swim. You know, about how the hand must enter the water, about when they must turn their head. And yes, you, you do need to do it at the right time. Don't get me wrong, but you don't want to overthink it. You want to relax. You want to be calm. You know, um, as soon as you tense up, it's it's all gone. You know, and if you try and swim faster by Swinging your arms like crazy and taking as fast a stroke as possible, you end up shortening the stroke. You end up slipping through the water and you just make yourself more tired. So it's, it's really it's, it's an easy process to learn how to do it when you're told how to do it properly. You don't want to overthink it and overanalyze it because then you end up confusing yourself and tensing up.
0: Yeah, and, and that's that's it. It's getting the basics, in my opinion, getting the basics right, getting relaxed, and it just getting to a rhythm, and it just it, it actually just flows, and it's really easy. Natalie, taking yeah. it to to the next step. Someone, someone, and I'm going to use myself as an example here. I am, am a fairly decent swimmer. I'm 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 comfortable in the water, and. Yet, I hate swimming. And the reason I hate going this part of the discipline is I just find it really boring. And the reason, and I know why, is because I've never been coached from a triathlon swimming point of view, so I go down to my local gym and I just bomb out lengths, I just swim lengths, before Ironman, I know that I need to do 120 lengths and, and that'll be okay, and I just find yeah. it mindless and really boring, what sort of advice would you give to somebody like me saying, what can I do to mix it up, and, and, and obviously that'll then help my, my swimming, but what can I do to to, to make it more interesting and, and make it more enjoyable? Okay, well,
4: you know, if, if you're getting in and you're basically swimming 120 lengths and getting out, you're putting in the distance, yes, but you will never get faster, you know, you will never be able to swim a 3K swim at a decent pace and get out and be strong enough to ride hard. You need to do specific swim sessions that will improve your speed, that will improve your speed endurance. Um, so a variety of sessions. There's so many different things that you can do, you know, not the same boring sessions over and over and over again. So mix the sessions up, mix up the the intensities in the session. Add a pool boy, add paddles, add a kickboard, add drills. Um, and join a squad. The the best way to make swimming fun is to swim in a squad where you swim with a group of people, you know, you you're pushing each other Will work harder than you're going to work if you're swimming on your own. It's very easy to plod up and down, you know, but to actually do 50s or 100s at, at a higher intensity, you're going to push yourself if you've got someone chasing you or someone in the lane next to you that you're trying to keep up with. You know, so it's going to make you swim faster and it's going to make it more enjoyable, you know, because you, you can interact in between sets and, you know, you joke and you've got the camaraderie in the squad as well. And you've got the benefit of the coach, you can say, look, you know, you, you're slipping a little bit, you're entering a bit short, keep the stroke long, keep the head down when you breathe, you know. So you've got the coach, you can work on your technique at the same time. So definitely join the squad.
0: Okay, that's, that's great advice, Natalie, and, and for me as, as well, it's also been one of those things where I've gone, okay, I can spend an extra two hours a week in a pool, but how much am I actually going to benefit at the end of the day on my swim time? It's not going to improve that much, but it's exactly what you say. It's You, you might not improve your swim time that much, but it's how you feel when you get out of the water and, how, and when you get on the bike and, and how that affects you later on in the race when you're on the run, I'm sure.
4: Absolutely, you know, and if you look at an Ironman, the swim is, is shortest discipline you know it 's the easiest discipline, and a lot of people tend to neglect it because of that reason, but it doesn't help that you get out of the swim and you're so broken from the swim because you haven 't prepared that it affects you for the first quarter of of the bike you know you have to get out and you have to be strong enough, have done the training that you can get onto the bike and ride hard you know you, so so you, swimming doesn't just affect the, the the swimming training doesn't just affect your swim. Leg of the of the triathlon, it affects
0: the bike and the run as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Natalie, for someone who, who perhaps is 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 a, a pretty decent athlete, and and they're looking at at making the step up to 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 maybe becoming a competitive age group or where they're looking at maybe qualifying for for a world champs, or if if you're looking at, at the longer sort of distance, maybe they they've set the goal to go to Vegas or, or Kona. What sort of advice would you give to someone like that with regards to improving their swim?
4: Um. You need to put in the time. You know, if swimming is their weaker discipline, they need to put in more swim sessions than they would on the bike and the run. You know, so if they're biking and running, say, four sets a week, they would need to maybe do five sets on the swim. Um, And swimming is, you know, to improve in swimming, you need to swim. So you need to put in the mileage. You need to be prepared to put in the work. Um, Rather swim more consistently rather do a little bit on more days than a long swim two or three times a week you know rather try and keep it consistent because the more you swim the more you keep your feel of the water the less you swim you lose that feel you know if you if you rest for two weeks or so and you get back into the water you can feel immediately you've you've lost that feel you know you need to keep swimming to keep to to just feel confident in, in the water to be you know to feel your your pull under the water to keep the body position you need to swim you can't you can't slack off on the, on the training unfortunately there's no easy way to you know to excelling in swimming other than by working hard at it and putting in the distance and putting in in the training
0: i guess that's good news and bad news isn't it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely you know and
4: obviously then the technique as well you know If your technique is wrong, I mean, I've had guys come to me, elite pro athletes that are are really strong swimmers, you know. But um, I put them in. I'm coaching from endless swimming pools at the moment at Velocity Sports Lab in Cape Town, and um, we use GoPro cameras to actually analyse the stroke underwater and above the water. And working, you know, with these cameras and with the software and things that we've got, it's amazing. The, you know, the little mistakes that you can pick up that you would never see from the side of the pool that make such a huge difference in terms of being efficient in the water, you know, just small, small adjustments that you can make. So, you know, you need to make sure that your technique is right and that you're not just slipping under the water, you know, that your body position is right, your kick is right. A lot of triathletes neglect the kick. You know, you, you put a wetsuit on. Yes, it does help with buoyancy. Um, you don't want you don't want to use your legs to the extent that they're completely broken when you get out and, and get onto the bike. But you have to kick. You have to kick to keep your body position, to to make it easier to keep your body in the correct position. But also for speed. You know, and you're not going to do a six beat kick. You're going to do a two beat or a four beat kick. So you need to learn the correct kicking technique as well. Um, So, yeah, there there are a lot of of aspects to the stroke that, you know, to training, to preparing for swimming to make sure that you do everything correctly and as efficiently as possible.
0: Well, Natalie, I mean, I just hear you talking about about that, and I'm going, there's so much that you can chat about when it comes to to this sort of swimming, and I'd love to have you on again soon. I think we've touched on the basics on on how people can get better and what they need to do, and and I think it boils down to seeking help and, and go and find someone who can help you get better. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would love yep. to love to, to, to have you on again and, and pick your brain with regards to, to maybe looking at, some, at some, some basic drills that if somebody's listening and maybe they, they live in the middle of nowhere and they don't have access to a coach, maybe some things that they can do in the water. Uh, and for folks who are, are based down in Cape Town, Natalie, you, you mentioned the Velocity Sports Lab. If, if folks want to get in touch with you and, and perhaps they're looking for, for a bit of help, uh, w- what, what can they do to get in touch
4: um, yeah, they can just uh, come into Velocity Sports Lab. It is in Half Bay. Um, they can email me at natalie at velocitiesportslab.coza, or they can just, you know, get information on on our website, which is com
0: brilliant Natalie I'll put those links up in the show notes for, for this episode of Try Talk SA as well so if folks want to they can just head over to Try Talk SA and, and everything will be there Natalie thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate it it's, it's been amazing and, and all the best for, for your endeavors and, and, and all your sort of athletes that you're working with thank you thank you it's been a, an absolute pleasure <music> Well, that's it for Episode 8 of Tritalk Talk SA this week. Thanks again for taking the time to download and listen to this weekly podcast on the triathlon scene here in South Africa, if I could ask you a huge favour. If you do find value in this podcast, please help me spread the word, share the links with all your training mates and and guys and girls that you know are interested in triathlon here in South Africa. Uh, It takes quite a bit of work to put these things together. I love doing it, and I obviously want to try and get word out to as many triathletes here in South Africa as possible. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show we have two entries to give away to the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. We've been running it for a few weeks now. If this is the first episode of Try Talk SA you're listening to and you want to get into the draw, go back and listen to previous episodes as well. From episode 2, for 8 weeks, we're giving you a chance to get into the draw, and you can enter 8 times. So listen to each episode, answer the question, and get into the draw. The question for this week, I want to know who was uh, the athlete who finished 2nd at the 70.3 European Championships this past weekend. Paul K mentioned him in our chat. He does have a South African connection as well. Who is he? Uh, Pop your answer onto our website. Just get to tritalksa.co.za. You'll see on the sidebar there's a Midlands Ultra Triathlon uh, sort of banner. Click on that, submit your entry, and who knows, in a couple of weeks' time, you could be entered into that race absolutely free, having won one of those two entries. That's it for another week. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can. All you have to do is pop me an email, podcast at tritalksa.co.za. You can also tweet us at tritalksa or find us on Facebook too. Tritalksa is what you can search for, and you'll find us that way. So until next week, you have yourself a brilliant, brilliant one. Train hards and we'll chat then. Cheers. Bye.